whether you're doing a dance to your favorite artist in the office parking lot, or being guided into Warrior One in the break room before your shift, whether you're running on your Peloton tread at your mom's house while she watches the baby, or counting your breaths on the subway. Inhaling and long exhale. Peloton is for all of us, wherever we are, whenever we need it. Download the free Peloton app today. Peloton app available through free tier or paid subscription starting at $12.99 per month. Hello and welcome to Crushed by Margaret Caborn-Smith, a podcast about the dazzling highs and the disastrous lows of unrequited love. My guest today is the brilliant author and journalist Daisy Buchanan. Daisy, welcome. Um, I've got a a quote I'd like, a quote of yours I'd like to open with. Oh, blimey. (laughs) You said, we should all seek to surround ourselves with people whom we choose, who choose us back and make us feel ten times taller than we actually are. That is from your book, How to Be a Grown-Up, and that very much makes you sound like someone who doesn't go in for unrequited love. Is that the case? Oh, well... Margaret, I have to tell you, that was hard-won knowledge. <laughs> How many years did it take you to, to oh, learn good. it? I mean, I started early, crush-wise, so I think really every single relationship I was in until I met my husband when I was 27, he wasn't my husband when I met him, um, <laughs> was, you know, bad or sort of unrequited in some way. But, um, yeah, you know, I think... As, you know, so many of your brilliant guests have observed, crushes are how we find out who we are and the qualities that we want bestowed upon us. Um, But, yeah, lots of um, unrequited love over here. And I don't know, do you think it's character building? Everything horrible that's ever happened to me is apparently character building, (laughs) says my mum. I'm not sure. I think you probably can't. You can't really have a good relationship and I mean I'm not saying a bad relationship but unless you've had some kind of like lesson you need to make mistakes don't you you got you can't just go perfectly into something Well um I don't want to sound trite but I think that when I did meet Dale my husband I had come out of um a fairly dreadful long-term relationship and then I did have a brief and awful fling with someone I had had a crush on from afar. And I think it really, really helped that that was so awful because I think I was quite (laughs) immature for a long time. And, you know, as I think, again, people have often, you know, said this being the case, you sort of, if someone's into you, you go off them a bit. It's that old, you know, low self-esteem. Like, well, I don't like me, so they shouldn't like me. (laughs) What an idiot. Um, But I really had this quite an intense connection with someone that was mostly in my head. Um, it's quite gratifying now because um, I can, you know, the scales have fallen from my eyes. And it was, um, in to me, um, when I was, what, 26 years old, um, I thought they were a very famous writer. And now whenever <laughs> I say their name to people, they're like, who? I don't, I'm not familiar, which, <laughs> pleasing, deeply pleasing. So not Martin Amos. Not okay. Martin Amos. I mean, I'm pleased to hear you didn't yet. have a fling. Not Martin, Martin Amos. Amos. Oh, good. I'm glad you still got still got your sights set. I'm not, um, I'm not dreaming about it, but um, I think it's important to be open minded. <laughs> very good. Very good tone to strike. So, what was your first crush? I've been trying very hard to think about this. Um, and the strong feelings. Yes, I've had. because it's, it's strong feelings, not necessarily romantic even or sexual just just something that's a bit out of control I suppose um yeah when I was I think from the age of maybe four four or five it was Kylie Minogue and then it was the Muppets and ABBA I mean good choices I would say I do quite safe all yeah. quite f- far away from your actual, that's not a oh, me, boy me next Kermit door thing, is it? That was never going to happen. And I was trying to figure out Kermit the Frog because he's such an interesting character mm. to love because he spends quite a lot of time on his own when he's singing Rainbow Connection by the street with his guitar. Being yes, quite... it's a little bit heartbreaking, isn't he? All of the other Muppets are like the definition of chaotic good, are yes. crazy. And I wanted to be Miss Piggy. Of course yeah. I wanted to be Miss Piggy. And I think I wanted to be her. And I was in love with her a bit because 
I was um, a big girl, I was chubby and awkward, and this was often commented on. And she was, I thought Miss Piggy was like the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen in my life, even though she was a pig. Yeah, an actual pig. And a puppet, and sort of proportionally, you know, beautiful and glamorous, but not, it was like... I knew how to find a very healthy role model, you know, yeah. pre... It was that heroin chic in the 90s hadn't really got going. I was a bit young for fashion mags, but I found yeah, my Yeah, she pick. definitely wasn't heroin chic. And I don't know whether it was because, um, you know, I had quite a big family. I'm the eldest of six girls. Wow. Um, you know, home was always sort of, you know, quite loud and noisy and fun and intense. And someone like Kermit had this sort of, you know, quiet, reflective... <gasps> yes quality and he was very sort of loving and forgiving and assembled by you know all all these fabulous freaks were all assembled around him and he kept the show on the road I found that very appealing yeah 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 oh no I think he's I mean he's a great role model to have as a as a crush it's interesting the thing with Miss Piggy because that love even though she is you could say entirely in denial about it it's a bit unrequited Mm. isn't it like her ardour for Kermit is so massive and he sort of I mean there's implications in some of uh, the Muppet world that it's uh, you know that they're together but I remember like the certainly the original Muppets they are not a you know a happily functioning couple no they're very much him just trying to sort of cope with all her her energy and her intensity um and him always trying to deflect her, but she is not in any way put off by no, that. No, but you're right. I think that's very, very appealing. Like, she's just absolutely not bothered by rejection. Or if she is, it's just fury and hair mm. flicking and, you know, slam a door and then she's recovered and, you know, She can't be humiliated. Role. Sort of in the way that you just cannot actually imagine anyone dumping Mariah Carey. I love Mariah Carey too. I thought she had big... <laughs> Big Miss Piggy yes, energy. Yes, big Miss Piggy I energy. I hope, in the unlikely event that she ever hears this, I hope <laughs> she'll think it's a compliment. Oh, I think she'd get it. You'd have to. I met Kermit. What do you mean? When the Muppet movie came out, the 2012 one, I went to a press junket and I met, I had an interview with Kermit and is it Pepe the Prawn? Is he the new guy? Yeah, Controversial new guy? Yeah. Sort of scrappy-doo of the Muppets? Oh, dear. Um... <laughs> And obviously they were there with their puppeteers, but I was talking to Kermit and Pepe, and you forget completely. Yeah, um, I think that's it? the done thing. But I think you're not supposed Q, to. Where they're, all you... the puppeteers are on stage all the time, but you just stop seeing them yeah. after half a song. And yeah, it was that. And I was, you know, I couldn't tell Kermit how... You didn't say, I've I felt. always I loved do, you. I have a picture. <laughs> <laughs> Run away, forget Piggy. Possibly partly because... I think my loyalty to Miss Piggy is such that I never could. Yeah, it, I mean, it does sound a bit like it's sort of a crush on a couple, you know, mm, a crush on a relationship. I know you've rather talked than, about a lot. Before. Yeah, yeah, it's um, they're living out something that we've, um, yeah, that you you know you can't be a, a part of. I don't know how you and Kermit. I mean, it's a tricky thing, especially I don't know how you, how big your your flat is. If you can't, <laughs> him and the puppeteer that you have to. We cook do. for and yeah. You, well, you need like a, a hall or a corridor that's long enough for a good hi. And I don't think I can manage that. Yeah, exactly. Not Imagine. in this economy. <laughs> Fair enough. First time, it maybe felt a little bit sexual or romantic. Was not Kermit. Um, was not Kermit. Deck Declan Donnelly as an yeah. Anton Deck, who has also gone on to do all right for himself. Things have gone yeah, quite insanely. Well I was thinking this about how weird it is that they're the um, the sort of the, the still seen as the lads next door, and they've just been like uber famous and rich since they were incredibly young. It's amazing yeah. that they've kept that. I mean, next door in the, you know, their gated community might be 10 miles down from your gated community. (laughs) Um, But I think it was when they had their TV shows post um, Biker Grove, which I was not allowed to watch because um, it might be... I I was not allowed to watch so many things and I assumed they were all like filthy and (laughs) sex-filled. I think you'd be very disappointed by Biker Grove in that case. There's there's barely anything kissing in Grange Hill. Oh, no. no, but very they're very rough, aren't they? They don't. But they, they don't speak well. 
they had this TV show, Anton Deck did, that was on um, uh, CBBC, I think. Was it even called CBBC then? Who knows? Oh. And... What was the show? Not SMTV? It was before SMTV. Oh, right. I think God, it might have just been called The Anton Deck Show. Oh. And they were in... Um, in the papers a bit with that, and I guess it must have been, I think it would have been around 1995, I would have been about 10. Um, so they, I guess, would have just, and they were kind of in the middle of their pop careers. I bought them, I think I'm the <laughs> I only I mean, their pop careers, not that long. Anton Deck's third the album. Fuller. No, three third albums. Album. Good Lord. I hadn't. I mean, I never would have got that right in a quiz. I know. I'm waiting for the pub where one day I am asked to name. <laughs> Go on. What's the third album called? Um, oh God, it's awful. Oh, I don't Daisy, know. Don't. I know. I know the down. single. It's called Better Watch Out. Which and there was a um, there was another single called Shout. I vaguely remember Shout. Was that a ripoff? Yeah, was um, that a um, an acoustic yeah. number? Because I seem to remember Deck sat on a hearing stool and played Deck, the guitar sort of confessed to the fact that he'd learned two chords. Yes, I remember that on Live and Kicking. And everyone was like, Deck, wow. when did he start playing the guitar? About ten minutes ago. <laughs> he's funny. He's a very funny guy. He is guy. fun. Oh, no, they're fun. I mean, God, that's what's kept them going through all of this. Um, but I think he just had such a nice kind of friendly face. And I remember mm-hmm. my parents thinking it was hilarious because I was, you know, really? as, as a big girl. Look, even now you're 10 years old and you're two inches taller than him, which is a very shallow thing. Oh, it to, is, I know. Um, like Tom actually, Holland's done a lot to, um, you know, Tom Holland and Zendaya mm. has done a lot to sort of go, what's your, what's your problem? What's the problem with being shorter than My me? husband is two inches to, uh, shorter than me. Amazing. Um, and I, I think perhaps that that maybe that was how Deck kind of cast my type. Uh, <laughs> so when you met your husband, you were like, oh, I think you're the same height as Deck. Yes. Now, if you could just put this mask on and maybe <laughs> go to this clinic and have your... No, no. But I do think there is nothing sexier than a shorter fellow who has... He doesn't want to be taller, like the opposite yeah. of a Napoleon complex. I yes. Don't know if that has oh, my word. God, you're and so he's right. Really embraced who they are. Similarly, I really love a tall woman in heels. Mm. I really love a tall woman who is not stooping yes. <laughs> in photos with her shorter man. It's so powerful, isn't yeah. it? Um, who's the actress who played um, Sally in Third Rock from the Sun? Oh, Maybe God, I can't remember her name, but I love her. And she was amazing. And that was a big She's thing. She's got Miss Piggy as well. Yes, energy because that was, vibes. I think, on when I was like a teen, mm-hmm. pre-teen. And... I loved her so much for being just so like the most gorgeous person I'd sort of ever seen, yeah. but also gorgeous in such. There was nothing. She wasn't trying to be little or delicate no. or petite or. I don't know if you've seen Starstruck. Um, yes. Rose <gasps> I when I watched that. Rose Matafeo. Like, there's another one. Well, this is it. <laughs> Everyone. I mean, yeah. When I when I watched that, I was like, I really could have done with seeing this when I was young mm. because she's just she's just. When she comes to that party in the tux and all the awful posh people are, I said awful posh people in a posh <laughs> way then. Um, but they're like, you know, oh, you, you're always, are you catering? And you just think, oh, no, just... Oh, She's her- just so gorgeous and so unapologetic and, you know, I, I think all of the heroines that I'd seen when I was young were, yeah, sort of a bit tiny and waif-like and it, it, it's awful to feel like I'm I'm not that and I don't know how to become that, you know, apart from, yeah, try and make myself as small as possible and it's so sad and it was just so brilliant to see someone, yeah, so big in every way, you know, just going, look, I'm I'm loud. <laughs> Her know. soul is big. Like, well, Amy yeah. Schumer, yes. who I think there's an interview where she said that, I think maybe when she made Trainwreck, she was sort of, she'd really, really made an effort to, you know, as the awful thing that Hollywood, you yeah, know, you have to tacitly lose weight encourages to... people to do. And she was finally a size whatever. And all the, there's so much hatred on the, sort of the online comments and people talking about her body and how she's like, what what is the point yeah. even? Why? Um, and I know that Amy Schumer is, I think, I believe, possibly problematic in various ways. But but again, but I loved, especially in her show, the way she, the character, and she allowed herself to be um, in those sketches. That she was, she could present herself as sexy and desirable, yeah. but also present herself as the 
a woman who was also sexy and desirable in her sweatpants yes. eating something from yeah. a bag, being like, yeah. I'm not getting what I want. I don't really care. Yeah, she just owns it. And I think I was going to say that this, you know, the role models that we have seen growing up, I think a lot of media and culture, the woman was like, a love interest. And she yeah. had to be little and delicate and two-dimensional because she just didn't have any kind of a storyline. Yeah, and she's just sort of flitting around someone's some And I think that's shoulders. what a lot of our crushes are. Well, I want to like this person because this is the only way I can get close to a storyline. Yeah. Yes, but, yeah, but oh, I think God. the first moment where I sort of understood the point of sex and what it was <laughs> fully, because um, I think I was quite... Um, hormonally a very early developer mm-hmm. and I do remember being quite horny quite early not really knowing what it was or what was going on and being very Catholic and very ashamed mm-hmm. and you know sort of uh, masturbating really quite early not really knowing what I was doing and not stopping either but kind of I, I have a very vague idea this is this is bad and I'm going to go to hell for it but um, <laughs> here we are um Leonardo DiCaprio in Romeo and Juliet. And you oh. know that I think the first, possibly, it's the first time you see Romeo and he's just on a wall, smoking a fag. Um, Hot. And it was very, I think as well, because of the whole kind of, you know, oh, like, do you like, you know, good boys or, or bad boys? Yeah. And Deck was so sweet. Such and a nice good boy. And yeah. Such a good boy. And it'll, but also that kind of, um, I remember my friend Megan really liked this boy called. Dan and she said to them, oh I just can't resist a bad boy and we were 11 or 12 and you know what made Dan a bad boy go on when we got our timetables he read the timetable and he did a poem and the poem went art art I need a fart and he got sent out the room <laughs> I mean that's bad that is bad and so I thought that you know fancying wow. a bad boy a bad boy who rhymed art with fart where with a she got that like, but you understood that mm. as a bad boy thing. Oh, is this what oh, we're fed you know what it was it was bloody grease I was going we to say I was going grease. to say I, I was just thinking what is it it's the leather jacket so where is that you know uh, apart from the Fonz mm. it's it's John Travolta and obviously John Travolta oh, sorry Danny Zuko um and uh, Danny Zuko is a worse, definitely a worser boy than uh, than the Fonz. Yeah, he's um, he was not young on that no. show, but also no, was kind of presented as the slightly rough and ready alternative to yeah. Richie. I was thinking yeah. as well, I guess about maybe Top Gun, and they weren't bad boys, but they were tough boys. Yeah. and there was a sort of oh, we're not, you know, we're emotionally reticent, and we do this scary thing, but actually we are getting in touch with our, you know, this is the precursor to Brokeback Mountain. I don't know. Yeah, who knows what that is? I I remember um, when my when my daughter was very young, um, we saw a proper bad boy, proper, you know, motorbike, um, uh, leather jacket. And the thing that really made him a bad boy was that he drove under the underpass, which you're really not allowed to do on a motorbike. <laughs> um, and we watched this happen. Me and my husband and my, and my little girl, she was probably like two and she was transfixed by oh, this. And after yes. it happened, my husband just went, oh, God, I hope that wasn't a formative moment. <laughs> <laughs> and she's shown no sign of, uh, of interest in, in bad boys, which, uh, which I'm, I'm pleased about. But I do sort of think, is that... I feel like we're being shown that mm. rather than... Oh, but maybe that does come from somewhere as well, the but- transgressive... And yet, conversely, I think there is an energy I respond to. And I know I'm going to sound like a big, terrible hippie. Um, I had a friend who tried to come out to her dad and say that she'd had a boyfriend for quite a long time. And then now she's sort of in her late 20s and she'd, she'd met a girl. But her coming out speech was so like, you know how I just love people's energy, Dad. And I'm like, you know, it's just all about the universe, isn't it? And so she thought... <laughs> I really love this as an opening. She'd done it. And I he really thought, see that you Oh, it's just, it's just um, her usual, you know, lovely, fluffy, hippie chat because that's the sort of thing she said. And then when she brought the girl home, I was really like, what, what's going on? So and what did he think? What did he think had happened like had she just done a speech about 
the the universe and he was like, I don't know what you're on about. Or did yeah. he connect it to her new partner? Her parents did she manage were, to do that even? They were super, super liberal mm-hmm. in a sort of, I don't know, you know, lovely Guardian reading. A way that I think Woolly. maybe lots of parents are, where when they have to apply things a bit closer to home, it's fine, but it just takes a little bit of getting used yeah. to. So I think he'd maybe just tuned out a bit. And right. knowing my friend, she'd probably gone on some... She's probably just like chatting about Georgia O'Keefe and she yes, thought exactly. that was a fair representation of what she needed to say. <laughs> but I do, but poem. I think the energy thing... Um, is she, oh, she, maybe she did do a poem. That's a sort of, sort of caper. <laughs> Um, but it's re- there's this out. definite because I do I've just so my novel Insatiable is a sort of it's a queer love story and it's everyone having it off with everyone and I am married to a man and I have almost entirely dated men mm-hmm. there has been the odd woman um, how odd were they? <laughs> <laughs> pretty bizarre <laughs> but it's something on the one hand I feel, you know, when I talk about sort of fancying women, firstly that I'm sort of I'm I'm trespassing. I move through the world with such freedom. And the thing about, you know, being married to a man, you do get a fair old amount of, you know, male privilege by proxy. Yeah, yeah. I just stand it flutter around nearest to them. Um but also I was thinking about, you know, growing up and if I'd even like mentioned anyone about, you know, vaguely, you know, liking a gut. And again, it's that sort of energy thing, isn't it? And I think Mm -hmm. I'm possibly, you know, I tend to find myself more... No, I don't know. I think because in terms of sort of famous people and stuff, it's probably, you know, even Stevens, even Stephanie. Um, (laughs) But yeah, at school, it just... You know, things were bad enough already. I couldn't have... Oh, no, exactly. If you're already on the outside. And I think I fancied enough boys to sort of not to worry. Interesting. um, But I really, really hope now, from, you know, where I'm sitting and standing, the world does feel like a genuinely more open-hearted and inclusive place. But I'm a 37-year-old woman on Instagram. I'm not 14 and at school. Yeah. Yeah, although um, I think it's quite heartening... Uh, from what I know, you know, I have a 13-year-old at school and um, <clears throat> it's definitely not, you know, it's not the utopia that you would want, but it's definitely better than it was in those terms. They seem to be quite casual about, you know, having labels and coming out to each other and, and I, you know, that's you just hope that we just keep moving in that. And do you direction. get a sense of are there posters on the walls? Are there famous yeah. crushes? Are there known crushes? I mean, I don't. Is it? I do. You know, we haven't quite got to that. For, I mean, you know, and I do only really. I know, I know my. I know my daughter. I know my nieces. You know, um, I don't know a lot. It's not. I, I don't get to see a lot of mm. teenagers bedrooms but I just from the conversations I think it's going it's it's a much more relaxed oh yeah yeah mm. she's you know she, she's hot or whatever I mean I do think as also well, they're not talking to their parents well about that's it, it that know. crushes it's like the first thing you can have that's all yours yes and just yours that you've not got to share and I think you know with having such a big family it was really important to me to kind of own something but then I remember my sister really well she had a. I hope she doesn't mind me saying this. You can I think check a it. fake crush on Ronan from Boyzone, <laughs> and it was that like, oh, he's the one, and it's like, oh, this is what I say to appear. Oh, really? Because I know something that you um, that comes up a lot as well that you talk about a lot is um, the way that we often with you know boy bands. There's a oh, this is the one that the, the girls with low self esteem yeah. will like. That it was. Almost, I think, her way of passing, I suppose, yeah. of joining in. I and like I, handsome boys in boy bands. Yeah, I, I do, I do. I'm a, I'm a regular teenager. Yeah. I'm not confused and terrified <laughs> by what is happening and what is going on. Oh, gosh, but Margaret, I was thinking about how I was always derided for all of my crushes. I was no. the only person at school who liked Deck. Really? Because really... I like Deck. 
Oh. And I mean, I'm, I'm loads older than you, so it was, uh, you know, I've just, I'm fancied. Wish I'd known you then. People. You could have reached down I from know. the fourth form or wherever it was and said, look, it's going to be okay. I think Deck was one of the first people that I was like, he's about my age. That's exciting. I could oh, marry him. Because that's a big, that's all <laughs> oh, it takes. So isn't it? weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, if you're the same age and a similar height, I probably am similar height to him. Um, so, which I know, believe is. Um, that's how you meet people. Just, just shy five foot six. So, yeah, he's five foot six. Is I he? think so. Okay. Oh gosh. I, so he's tall. He's based, taller based than me. Older, in the way that celebrities' ages sort of change, and sometimes it takes um, like you know, the opposite of dog years. A celebrity oh yeah, year could be five normal years. Oh, Jerry Halliwell. Sure, that 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 age um, was creeping up. Over Cheryl the years. Cole used to be older than me, and we were the same <laughs> age for a bit. And I think she's now younger than me. <laughs> she's still at school, Amazing. isn't she? She's um yeah I think she's uh, doing really well in GCSEs great <laughs> predicted grades bless her I remember there was a a band called Catch and it would have been I think 98 99 it would have been 13 14 and there was a poster of them in um I don't think it would have been Smash Hits I think Smash Hits was defunct by then oh. it might have been uh TV Hits magazine or Live and Cooking and Toby is very like proto sort of Indie boy, yeah, and he had, I think, quite big. What was sort of band boy catch? I they mean, were I've sort never of, heard of them. Well, so I went on a um, very sad Wikipedia dive. The you know, spoilers. Uh, Toby died in December. Oh my god, he was forty-two, but he was involved in a musical movement that I cannot remember the name of. But I think it's sort of the precursor to all of that stuff, like the Rapture and the Von Bondies and that kind of mid aughts indie amnesty. I was an obnoxious that's sort of my, my university days. Yeah. And I was all, you know, sort of side fringe, yeah, bad kind yeah. of mullety Tony and Guy highlights. <laughs> no, I wasn't a snob, Margaret. I had the Fratelli's so album. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I mean was it out was it visible in your room or um, <laughs> did you hide it away? No, it was a um <laughs> it's the year of Mr. Brightside. Um it was, I think, the last sort of... Um, actually, my friend Holly Bourne has wrote a brilliant, brilliant book. It's called Girlfriends, and it's so good. It's coming in September. I recommend um, pre-order early, pre-order early. <laughs> but it's about that. But she talks about um, going to Reading in 2003, I think, and I was there, and Metallica headlining, and it's such a heady, painful, brilliant, awful book about... Um, Boys defining themselves by the music they like and girls defining themselves by liking the music oh, that boys like. And oh. I think of all the parties <clears throat> I was ever at, where we'd be listening to like the Immaculate Collection, having a lovely time, yeah. and some boy would come and I'd be like, oh, no, what is this? I've got to put Metallica on. Yeah. And they'd all just like, there'd be no dancing, just standing. Oh, God. To Metallica songs that are all about half an hour long. And just that, oh, I must, that I must tailor the things I like to... I mean, yeah. That's quite old until I realised I didn't actually like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, God. I mean, those... Yeah, it's really sad, isn't it, to sort of... Yeah, what we wasted our time pretending <laughs> that we that we enjoyed. It is desperately sad when I think so many of our crushes are based on fandom, which is the opposite, which is yeah. loving something and having a really intense creative response. I love so much um, the way that... The way a fan... Um, understands the assignment, responds to a brief. Uh, so my first sort of proper magazine job was Bliss magazine. Oh. Bliss magazine, teen mag, where you were basically a sort of... You're like a pop custodian for fans. I think, obviously, I wasn't, you know, in a mine, I wasn't working for the NHS, I wasn't doing anything, I wasn't <laughs> changing lives. But I was because I felt that this is a position of huge responsibility. Our readers love One Direction. They yeah. love JLS so passionately. Yeah. I've got to represent. I'm here as a fan. I'm not even I'm here as a journalist, but I'm not here to be cool. I am here to do right by all of these people because there are people who are reading this magazine <laughs> who would die to be in my place. Oh my I've God. seen JLS really live emotional. more times than any other band. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh wow. I just it's so I was just thinking this the other day about a friend of mine called Claire, who um, I would like to do a shout out to. I know she listens to the podcast. She lives in Canada now. And she was not, I was, I was an indie snob at university. I will, I will 
confess to it, though I did always like some pop. And I remember her just loving Wannabe when it came out. And and I w- my initial thing was to sneer about it and just be like, oh, God, what is this thing with three choruses and made-up words? Oh, my God. <laughs> and um, just watching her joy, like we used to call her Enthusiastic Claire, um, oh, watching her lovely. joy made me go, do you know what? I'm not going to be a dick about this. I think this is fun. And then, obviously, the Spice Girls became more and more fun and, obviously, corporate nightmares and, you know, whatever. I'm not saying it was all amazing. But I'm so pleased that I allowed myself and that she... It was like she gave me permission Mm. to go, do you know what? Not everything does have to be heavy and serious and, and Joy Division, much as I love them. You know, I can also... Get on the dance floor and zigga zigga. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. Um, but it stands the test of time. It's 25 years old, 30 years old. Yeah. I know it just had a big anniversary. And yeah. I think of all the records that came out around then. Um, and you still, you hear the laugh and that sort of twang and those first four bars. And you're like, oh, yeah, it's you're still, no, the, I'm happy whenever I hear that. And like, um, we wham. Um, yeah, yeah, similar. And that is stuff that's sort of so easy to dismiss at the time. Yes, like, yeah, and you sort of go, but well, what's wrong with It's with pure and exhilarating and brilliant. And I think so often the things that where the joy is just there and it's easy and we don't have to really, like, contort ourselves yeah. to feel it and understand it. And we think because our response feels so pure and simple, another banger. Yeah, another banger, no, always into um, that too. Just the one song. <laughs> I don't think they did a third album, did they? Oh, not not that I know about. But yeah, I think I was so worried. I was so worried that people were looking at me and going, "Oh God, you're such a girl," you know, mm. and that and that being a a bad thing. And I feel I feel really sorry for my younger self. And I, you know, not I wasn't I wasn't that bad. I did genuinely love the music I loved, and you know, but I films particularly. I think about how much I loved still magnolias and still love it and still Mm. watch it regularly i absolutely wouldn't have admitted that at the time i i I watched it and my sister and i used to quote it and it was fun and whatever but i think i would have been properly ashamed to tell people that i how much i loved that film i'm just beaches you know oh my god beaches it's just it's a it's a great film just because it's girls i'm (laughs) practically crying it's (laughs) It's a really, I think, subtle and sophisticated story, even though it inspires a lavish emotional response <laughs> performance of Bet's life. Just thinking yeah. about Oh, Miss much... Piggy, great Miss Piggy energy there. God. Such Miss Piggy energy, <laughs> my goodness. The time I wasted yeah. talking to boys <clears throat> and parties about Pulp Fiction and watching Pulp Fiction and forming critical responses to it. And it's just such a boy's idea of what's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and it's just think... that they we, we never got to say what was... Well, just... Cool. Cool's a tricky one, isn't it? And that's what's sort of amazing now, I think, because we have, <clears throat> you know, everything I know about love, the book and the TV show, which I adore. Same. And I think Dolly's fabulous. And I know she's fabulous on this podcast. And <laughs> that's about, you know, that's so, so brilliant on on crushes and amazing women and, yeah. you know, being drained by the extent of their crush energy. Also, you know, Fleabag and the, that being a phenomenon and, you know, Starstruck, as he said, mm. I'm obsessed with Hacks. I love that show. Mm-hmm. Um, Broad City. There are so many, like now, and I think, you know, it's like cool women are making cool things. And there's also a bit of a backlash that, oh, but it's always like the hot messes and like yeah. and women and we're going to get a like, no, we've had nothing forever. <laughs> this is like... We are thirsty for this. We just get, what, almost 10 years of stuff. And, like, this is the beginning of, I hope, hundreds and thousands of years of it. Yeah. And it's funny. The stuff I love is funny. So much um, voice stuff is not... Which is, because I know he comes up a lot. Um, Was that what it was about Hugh Laurie? Was that he was funny on your terms? Yeah. Yeah, completely that. I mean, I have spoken a bit about how I wanted to be him. You know, looking back, I did what I wanted to be near him. I wanted to to be him. But it's it's still my number one. I mean, it's a terrible thing. So it's like GSOH. That's what I like in someone. <clears throat> but I, I had a friend who once said to me, I, "I don't think you have a type. It's just 
funny. <laughs> like it's it's wow. only funny. Cool. I think I could get through, get past almost anything to a fault, genuinely to a fault, <laughs> if somebody is funny and also laughs at my jokes as well. You know, all of my I think adult crushes have been on um, comics. Yeah. Now Margaret, I'm going to you know that's going to leer at you and give you a big <laughs> wink. <laughs> Daisy, please. <laughs> Can't be but I do. I love. Um, I'm obsessed with Taskmaster, and yeah, I every series I have to. There's normally a boy and a girl. I think this last series, um, it's been um, Sophie Jika and yeah. um, she won the Perrier. It's not called Bridget the Perrier Christie. anymore. Bridget Christie, my good friend Bridget and Christie, who refuses to do this podcast. <laughs> Bridget, <laughs> speaking been off menu. I've heard her. Food's um, one thing, you know. <sighs> How very dash Is it because she's scared? That, you know, I don't know what I don't want to speak for. Daisy character will be lurking it. in the shadows. <laughs> but yeah, Bridget is. But I think it, what I loved is her her whole like outfit and look, and yeah. sort of look kind of young young Van Morrison vibe with a hat, <laughs> or a sort well, of. Well, I was saying it was a Mick, Mick Fleetwood. Oh, of course. I wonder of if course, it's specifically the Mick Fleetwood. Mick look. Fleetwood. Yeah. During is the he tasks. Um, <laughs> yes. And then Stevie Nicks uh, in the panel on, I mean, the, on the show. Both people that I would not have had the guts to uh, to admire their style again, you know, when I was younger and um, trying to fit into the Britpop era, you know, I did... Uh, I do remember a friend of mine's... I was, I, you know, bemoaning the fact that no-one ever fancied me and, um, and, a, and a friend of mine saying, oh, you don't dress like the indie girls and I was like oh and another friend said you dress like the indie boys ah. <laughs> I was like, no, that's not what they want <laughs> um another great book about mm-hmm. the sex and crushes sorry this is um, no no come on, on no you need um, to you know we need to get I have to sex podcast and I read books um <laughs> Lawrence Givens book Girl Crush oh, and I don't know the title it. is it's coming I think next oh August. okay my um, god this is uh, amazing it's coming and it's coming it's uh, oh. pretty raunchy um <laughs> But Florence Given, um, the artist and the author of um, Women Who Don't Know... Women Who Don't Know... Sorry, Women Don't Know You Pretty. <laughs> women Don't <laughs> Know When They're Pretty. Women That's Don't One Direction Oh You Pretty, which is yeah. a very different proposition. And yeah, I love... I haven't read it, but I, I love the title. Of, I was like, I need to get that for my daughter. Whatever. One of her most famous pieces, it reads, maybe it's a girl crush, maybe you're queer. Um, mm. And it's about fancying people for the first time and how the main character is trying to work out like what she's like she breaks up with a terrible boy and she's in her mid-twenties and it's like I've got all these feelings I'm too scared to investigate them also how do I signal to people how do I present myself and show this is who I am and I think that's a big oh my god I have I should dig it out I have a letter from a friend in sixth form where she in detail tells me how to flirt and um, I, I couldn't, I, I just couldn't do any of it. I, I remember one of them was put perfume in your hair and I may have attempted that, but no one was getting near my hair to smell it. I remember show your wrists. That was, uh, that's the only other one I remember because I remember thinking, I don't know how to do it. Yeah, we're both doing it now. I'm doing it now and I sort of... Raise I, the roof. Uh, <laughs> I'm more um, I don't think. Lady Vicar. <laughs> I We're all God's think. children. It's going to be like getting <laughs> off with your sister. Come on. <laughs> it's actually very hot. Um, I, but I remember, I mean, to be fair, I didn't think, like, I was never going to, to do what she told me to do because, I mean, actually, the idea that people would know that I was flirting would have been <gasps> mortifying yes. anyway. Yes, because... She just was absolutely happy to be visibly flirting with everyone who... who came near her and oh, I just couldn't I was have handled at it. school with an amazing girl like that called Fran and we've not stayed in touch and I think of her often and I miss her and she was incredible and there was another girl whose flirting was seen very kind of manipulative mm. and she was sort of being a bit of a slinky cat and you know she was very pretty and a lot of boys liked her and there was a kind of real like calculated aspect whereas Fran was just sunshine and joy and she just seemed so happy and so curious and compassionate and glad to be alive and glad to be with you. Oh my god imagine knowing that that works that early on. Her whole energy it wasn't and she was not you know trying to make anyone think anything about her as the other girl but she was more like I'm just 
I'm me and, did, and I know it and I want to get to know you. And, and did everyone fancy it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do wonder, what did she look like? Well, that's the thing as well. She was really, you know, pretty for sure, but not not someone who you'd necessarily you go, pick right, out. That's a, yeah, Quite petite, really sporty, was often just like glasses, no makeup, you know, sometimes sort of make a bit of an effort, but just seemed really chill. Oh God, that's amazing. I wish I'd had that example, I feel like, because even the... I wish so I could this, do it now. Yeah, yeah, at all. Um, the, girl, the girl who sent me that letter... Um, even if I'd been able to do it, I was like, I would have been like, I don't look like her. She is gorgeous and she was gorgeous. Um, so even if I do all of that, it's not going to work. So what's the point? You know, all, all I would be doing is exposing the fact that I fancied people, which was so embarrassing. Um, well, something I written, it's really, it's complicated to talk about because I think that now... In these, you know, fab- rightly, you know, open, gender-fluid, a time... Fabulous times, we certain call them. comedy things, they very, 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 very badly. And mm. certain sort of sketches with people in drag. But I always felt like um, uh, Emily in Little Britain, that me trying to be a flirty lady was that. Oh, and I was like God. twirling a parasol, going, good day! Like not convincing yes. anyone of anything. You're right. Oh, that is the interesting thing about that. I've been rewatching old episodes of The Kids in the Hall, and there's a great documentary about that. And I, you know, fancying them all, <laughs> and fancying some of them more when they dress as women. Oh wow! I'm trying. I was talking to um, my friend and yours, Julia Rayside. Oh yes, um, yeah. And um, Howard's Way fan. She fancied Hamlet. She fancied Hamlet. <laughs> um, the generosity of that show and that they're they're playing women they're not presenting them as caricatures and yeah. I was like is that is this because it's it's so many sketch shows have not aged well no and this is well, still it's interesting great. you say that because we were watching uh, League of Gentlemen decided to show that to my daughter for the first time and um the Babs Cabs thing does not age well but in, I do think it's really interesting that all of the female characters they played are absolutely it's not a oh how hilarious mm. I'm pretending to be a woman they are absolutely deep and rich and you know there's as much care and um, you know observation mm. has gone in to them and I and that's such a, a relief you know it's uh, it's such a good thing it's uh, I was thinking that about about your Emily thing um, I would very rarely wear a dress but basically as soon as anyone said you're wearing a dress I would just die inside oh, and you know no. put my coat on for the rest of oh. the thing but it's so weird because I don't think I think it was meant in the spirit of oh how exciting mm. you're dressed up but it's to me it's like it, it was somebody going oh you care that's so oh, uncool God, and it's not yeah. like I was that bothered about being cool but just so exposing but I think that's I wonder whether we've come out of a long and dark period where any sign of caring about anything was like no nah. <laughs> yes and we've just oh my God. Met, but I get the impression as a, an avid podcast fan that you know you and me are both quite intense people who when we like things we really like them yeah and that's what crushes are all about yeah absolutely and I yeah, funnily enough, I felt able to do that in the fandom, mm. the fandom of the things that I liked, but in the, yeah, presenting myself to the world, apart from as a fan, like I didn't wear anything but band T-shirts for years and years, you know, and it was, I mean, I'd have rules about the band T-shirts that I would wear as well. It's like, no, 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 you have to own at least an album before you wear the t-shirt you know so that that thing of that. in case a boy caught you well it, you I mean it was it was a little bit of that but I have to say I, d- I did just really I mean I, I I still find it a bit weird when children wear Ramones mm. t-shirts and stuff and I know that's a proper cliche these days and who cares but I remember I remember a boy wearing a Kingmaker t-shirt at a party that I was at um, you probably haven't heard of Kingmaker I have not actually no they were if you were they suede? as good as catch us <laughs> I don't I'll, I'll have to listen to some catch definitely had a suede uh, crush on Brett Anderson yeah yeah I mean yeah who didn't suede supported Kingmaker very uh, early on they were sort of that and era, Kingmakers and they were they, <laughs> very good see <laughs> so you're a journalist um, <laughs> but no I remember a boy being at a party with a Kingmaker t-shirt and me going oh do you like Kingmaker, do you like eat yourself whole? And, and he had no idea what I was talking about. He just he liked the logo. It was a good logo, to be fair. But it was 
I have to say, yeah, I quite enjoyed that role reversal. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't give him that hard a time, but I probably gave him a bit of a hard time. Um, the difference is, I don't think he gave a shit. <laughs> you know, he's like, what? I like the T-shirt. You know, he just had that confidence, whereas I absolutely would have crumbled. Well, I wouldn't have crumbled with my T-shirt. I would have started listing B-sides until <laughs> until they left me alone. And you know the original lyric was Thursday. <laughs> they changed it to Tuesday. <laughs> exactly. And everybody loves that. That's so hot, isn't it? Somebody <laughs> just being endlessly completist and weird about something. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's the, like the way we kind of prepare to be fancied like it's a test yep. like it's a driving test Awful. and someone's not that someone's going to jump out of a bush and attack us which is horribly the likelihood but someone's going to jump out of a bush and say I don't know stroke second album track listeners <laughs> go <laughs> but I think I was like that when I was sort of looking for a boyfriend I did I, I fancied a friend of mine um and he absolutely knew it um quite early on and was just very patient never fancied me um uh, i used to do that thing of going east enders or coronation street you know uh cakes or biscuits whatever and and he would answer and it's a tiring thing to do Mm. after a while it's not that fun but mentally i was doing it because i was like you know if we tot up those scores and we are you know we're we're both the same then that means you know e equals you have to go out with me now or something and it's just it's in. It's ridiculous that anyone ever thinks that that works. That that's a sort of like. But we've got loads in common, mm. so you must. So this must work, right? And it's just. It's a nonsense. I remember getting together with my husband, and when I got um, and talking to some friends after I'd met him, and saying I, re- I really mm. like him, and and I said he doesn't. And someone said, "What team does he support?" And I said, "He doesn't like football. He doesn't like football, and he likes jazz." And I remember. <laughs> I remember the look on my friend's face, just being like, like almost like, you poor thing. <laughs> this is a disaster. This is clearly a disaster. But I knew at that point that that didn't matter, you know, that it was it's going to be difficult sort of listening to jazz ever. <laughs> but it was not, it was not, that was not the issue. And actually, um, with my husband, he is really, really cool and likes a lot of cool music the thing that um sort of staggered me when we met was how he was so curious about what I liked and had absolutely no you know he wanted to share um he was really excited about sharing but there was no like look let me sit you down and tell you tell you the things that That you're going to have to learn we've got quite different musical tastes I think and there are things that we converge we joke that um a lot of it is based on the fact that we both like the style council more than we like the jam oh Um, that's I mean it is telling you know but you know he's very and there every so often there's something um like I remember when like he came home with lemonade on vinyl um, oh, I think it was the album before. That, that's hot. Or, yeah, just in a real kind <laughs> of... Because he's, he's just really, really... He's not a completist, but he's sort of curious yeah. about the world. Actually, you can tell he's not completist because at the moment I think he keeps like replacing vinyl that he sold 20 oh, years God. ago. So maybe he is a bitch. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I do sometimes actually still worry, like, oh, is he going to leave me for a cool person who always knows <laughs> what he's talking about? And... Um, is he bothered that I still love um, Mariah Carey and Cameo? And I, oh, in, Cameo. Um, but then I had Cameo. a Cameo. Big... Did Cameo have a third album? I don't. Oh my God, though, they're two two perfect singles. Sure, sure. I think. <laughs> um, but then I was thinking about how um, sometimes sort of connecting over something and loving it together. Is so exciting yeah, as well. Yeah, finding new having things. mutual obsessions. Yeah, um, absolutely. I remember um, a a guy, uh, and it was it, like he was the new boyfriend of a friend, so there was no, it wasn't a, mm. a flirty thing at all. Um, and he talked about cars for quite a long time, which sounds like still now when I say Gary it, it sounds like my cars. <laughs> Oh, that would have been amazing. Um, uh, Still now sounds, as I say it, like a complete nightmare. But actually, the way he talked about it, it was just like, oh, this is easy to listen to and to ask questions about because it's something he's passionate about and he's quite articulate and he's explaining this. And this isn't... I'm not saying I would want to talk about cars forever Mm. because it was a little bit 
of an interview. Mm. But actually, having someone who's passionate is so much better than having someone who is cool and won't, you know, won't talk with any enthusiasm about anything. We'll just tell you what's shit and what's shit about steel magnolias, for example, <laughs> or beaches. Oh, we're to hear it. <laughs> but it's almost like hosting a podcast that you're not recording, I suppose. <laughs> I consider all my conversations that aren't recorded a but... podcast that I'm not recording. Well, as you should. <laughs> Always be ready. In case people I should need just audio content. Everything. Sure. <laughs> for legal reasons. <laughs> We've got to the point where we need to talk about your biggest crush so we can do the maths. Gosh, is it really? <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. It's gone so quickly. I feel like we've got so much more to get through. Just come beginning. back, come back another time. I would um, love that. Um, I think we've got to go for the OG, haven't we? It's got to be Declan Donnelly. Yeah, it's a good one and it's a good long name. I mean, I think um, I've done this. Oh, have you? Not, go, oh, go on. Let's not find... in some time, because also All right, can you remember, we had though? a regional rule that was very convenient oh. for anyone who didn't get what they wanted, where if it was like under 50, you had to double it. Oh, my God, that so ruins the science. <laughs> so unscientific, it's upsetting. Very convenient, isn't it? <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, OK, so can you remember, what do you think that it was? Oh, good Lord. Um... I want to say 64%. I don't know why. That's the old... Um, okay, right. Libra I'll, Pisces I'll do, this, I'll do this more carefully than I usually do. Because <laughs> <laughs> I usually just panic. No, this says 88. He has oh. got... There's two L's in Donnelly, isn't there? Yeah. I'm sure yeah. there are two N's. Oh, no, hang on. Yeah, but the N's doesn't matter, does it? Yeah, Donnelly with one L would look weird, oh, wouldn't it? Yeah, it definitely would. Yes, that's eighty-eight percent. I'm so sorry that you, you're stuck with this awful husband. I know. Who's well, I'm gonna just going to have to leave him. <laughs> I mean, that sounds absolutely fair enough, and I hope that <laughs> maybe you'll be our first podcast guest who actually has gone on to leave their partner. I mean, I can't wait for, for their um, crush. Instead of um, vows at our wedding, I'll just recite the track listing for the third album. <laughs> Or you could just read out the uh, the maths that you've done for this. <laughs> just proof, poor Declan in his gag. Or I could do the flirty open wrist thing, <laughs> Lady Vicar, and I'll I'll marry us both. <laughs> well, I hope I'm invited. Oh, absolutely, guest of honour. <laughs> Thank you very much, Daisy Buchanan. Thank you so much. Crushed by Margaret Caborn Smith was hosted by Margaret Caborn Smith and produced by Sophie Black. Thanks to everyone at the amazing TVC Soho. And if you enjoy the podcast, please remember to like and subscribe as it helps people find where we are. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.